those. And Fancy Dan, I'll give you one of those. You're welcome to a Ahoy Hoy. Hey, thank you. You know, for the first time, episode 69. That's how we do things. Usually people get a little naughty. We're going to get a little nice. Thank you. Gentlemen, my way. Gentleman Joey here to throw one your way and say, welcome to the show, which welcome. also goes for you. Welcome to the show. Yes. You're just How's stepping in as well on this beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. How's everything ice cream, going? Ice What's cream up? trucks around? Is it an ice cream truck? You did, you did hear the uh, the siren song of the ice cream truck. Do you it's often run me. to the ice cream truck? No, it's been a while. I mean, I, I like ice cream and all, but sure. it's just, yeah, just, no, I haven't, I haven't, uh, they're not consistent either. It's so random. So it's like, if you're not in the mood or whatever, it's just, you know. Did you ever know anyone who was an ice cream man? I feel like that was something that should have happened, but I, I, I do. See, I, I like do this. know someone Good. that was an ice cream man at one point. Yes. So at that point, did you enjoy the ice cream truck? I hope. No, I didn't. I didn't get ice cream from him. It's someone I met after he had that job. Okay. And then he, he explained to me that he was at one point in his life an ice cream man. I see. Well, that's that's nice. I, I'm sorry it was a little too late, but maybe he'll go back into the field. I mean, times are tough after all. One day. What if he's still driving the truck, but it's just to whatever job he goes to now? No, it's not. No, <laughs> no, it's not. And he, he told me that it was awful because there would always be bees hanging around the truck because I guess sure. there's the ice cream. So he always had to defend off bees all the time so i definitely would not envy that job shout out to bees yeah all the bees in the house yeah good for the ecosystem but scary it's no fun to be stung no how long has it been since your last stinging oh man uh i hope it's been a long time been a long time since since i was a kid okay how about you i think i was like early 20s i remember i was mowing along and i hit over like a little hive that was in the ground and they got me in the belly and it sucked. That oof. That's a weird spot too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was uh that was when I was like, you know, I think I'm I'm done with bees. Yeah. This was a thing that had always come up, you know, when I was vegan for a couple of seconds of my life. There's a honey controversy. Hmm. But I have been personally attacked by bees, Dan. I've been stung, so I had no problem taking their honey if this is how they're gonna treat me. <laughs> it's it's a it's a give and take, you know, sort of thing, you know. That's why we, you know, promote colony collapses and we'll, we'll take the honey. Fuck them, right? Fuck bees. I have no problem with bees, but I don't like bee stings. That's all. Yes. Bee stings are not good. Having a good time, but I can't joke about the severity and pain of bee stings. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't a bee sting of a show, but we will find out. I got updates. Dan's got updates. Uh, oh, I, I have something very important to talk about. I'll, gl- I'll gloss through mine because I feel like Dan's got some, he's got some real estate he wants to put in here. <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. Uh, I finished Green Acres. Thank you. That does deserve a golf clap. Was great. A little brutal at the end because not one, but two backdoor pilots, Dan. Oof. The first one was okay because, like, the Douglases were pretty involved with it. But the second one, it was just, like, you're checking in to see Oliver up on the pole making a phone call to, like, some rando. That was a shame. But other than that, it it was was a perfect run. Had a great time. Then there was... uh, a Nick at Night special hosted by Mark Summers, which I watched, which was pretty good. One thing, though, I've noticed is like everyone had this weird obsession with like eating Arnold the pig <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> and they even made a joke about it in the TV movie, which was after that. It was very weird. Like Mark Summers was like, oh, we got Arnold here. And he just brought out like a can of spam. It was real fucked up. Now, How many at the time? <laughs> and then there was like this big rumor that like the cast ate Arnold after the show was canceled and stuff like that. It's like, what, what kind of twisted place are people coming from? I, I just don't get it. TV movie was okay. wasn't great, but, you know, could have been worse, honestly. I was expecting yeah. really bad, and 
there was some some legit chuckles that got out of me. It was good. good to see everybody. A little grayer, but that's all right. And then um, speaking of Eddie Albert on his birthday, Earth Day, did a little double feature. Did The Longest Yard. Burt Reynolds, of course. And mm-hmm. He's the sadistic warden. Very uh, much of a fucking <laughs> whiplash going from the delightful, you know, Oliver Wendell Douglas to this guy who's cussing up a storm and mm-hmm. screwing over Burt Reynolds. We love Burt Reynolds. How could you? And then I uh, watched The Heartbreak Kid, Charles Grodin, and then he oh. was the, the angry dad in that one. And it was fantastic. What a good movie. Very nice. There's a lot of similarities with the movie we watched today. I'll, I'll bring them up as they happen. It was a good segue. that was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't either. But, you know, that's just kind of how life works. Yeah. But uh, I'm sitting here taking the full Nelson, Dan. Uh, here's your half. Please indulge. <laughs> so I have an update that I completed all of Half Nelson, starring the... Thank you. Thank you. The, the, <laughs> the great Joe Pesci. These are great um, accomplishments. Yes. I loved it. It is, it's so over the top yes. and amazing. Yes. Um, it is 1980s. All right. Yes. It is. It's 1985. I mean, you got Joe Pesci, you got Victoria Jackson. Uh, his boss is uh, Fred Williamson. Uh, you got, uh, so they weren't in the original pilot, but they added Dick Butkus and Bubba Smith, two former NFL players. I mean, if you're going to spice actors. up the show, yeah, that's exactly yes. what you need. And Dean Martin, of course, playing himself. Was was uh, Hunk in the pilot? So Hunk was in the pilot. And that's that's what's funny about it is because Hunk only is in like three of the episodes or so. Wow. Like, I mean, because how much can you really, you know, what, like, like it, I mean, he's out, he's out, he's on the move all the time. He doesn't have him with him all the time. Sure. Um, but basically he like adopts him. He it, it kind of gets like, thrust upon Joe Pesci. By Hunk, Hunk is the dog for the people that missed the yes. last episode. This all happened so quickly. So yes. you won't have to go too far back if this is the saga you're interested in. Yes. But uh, a lot this of- This is why you don't skip stars. to the movie talk, folks. This is what you miss. So yes. buckle, buckle up. A lot of movie stars, a lot of guest stars. Who, who are the highlights, Dan? Not, sock it to us. So I think I mentioned, uh, I think I texted you because I, I knew you would be interested. I think it was episode three, uh, Cesar Romero from uh, Batman. TV's the Joker. Yes, and uh, uh, Julian Newmar. They're both in the same episode. Excellent. Um, I'll be checking that one out. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm going to check out the whole thing. I would say it's so it's so quick and easy and fun to watch that. Like I recommend it. It's so I will say that you get at least one really awesome car chase per episode. I feel like that was probably a requirement. Okay. So and a lot and it's usually Joe Pesci's involved in it. There are a lot of changes that are made because it's not sustainable from the pilot to the regular episodes about like how he gets different like. Like they kind of toned down some of it because it would become so I don't want to give it away, but it would become very laborious to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show itself, once it gets going, actually is pretty darn good. Like nice. it definitely like between a lot of the I mean, and I was saying that before we started the last episode, you know, Dick Van Patten is, is a guest on it. I mean, there's just a lot of really good guest stars on it. It's the plots are, are ridiculous, too. And it's funny because Bubba Smith and Dick Buckus are like the comedy relief. Yeah, I mean, um because it's 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 yeah I hope so <laughs> yeah but like so they're kind of like the muscles obviously too for joe pesci so they like they help get him out of jams and situations but the premise ultimately is like he's trying to be an actor in beverly hills he was a new york detective comes out to la and then gets a job while he's trying to get gigs part of like a private security firm and it's called beverly hills patrol so they have like a patrol car and they like install security systems in houses, but they also do private security for like celebrities and stuff. Okay. So and that's how they he, come in. Right. And he befriends Dean Martin, who's a co-owner of the of the Beverly Hills Patrol. 
and he lives in his guest house and they become <laughs> like best friends. That's so cool. he's like friends with Dean Martin. So there's like all kinds of rat pack jokes throughout it. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's so good. Like it's a quick watch. It's all on YouTube. The quality starts off great. The first few episodes and then it kind of declines slightly, but it's watchable. It's definitely mm-hmm. watchable. It just gets a little bit, it's almost like you're watching like a VHS transfer to, to YouTube. So it's right, like, right. it's decent enough, but this would be great. I think if somebody released this, it would be amazing. I think one of the holdups, I think, besides the fact that it's, I mean, it's not necessarily a great show, but uh, the music, there's a lot of actual like big songs in it. So I feel like the licensing probably would be. Yeah, who's going to bother? Right. To, to deal with that. So, um, which is interesting that they had a lot of actual like big, like I think like a Cindy Lauper song, like they had uh, a couple of Brian Adams songs, like just, I mean, you could just do whatever you want back then though. Sure. It didn't require, yeah. you know, it's a one-time airing, maybe in syndication to make another deal, but yeah, but I had a great time watching it just for the sheer ridiculousness of the, the group of cast together. This, the, the plots are really just, so over the top and just like ridiculous and joe pesci's great in it he fights a lot of people too like hand to hand which is always fun to watch he's a like tough they, guy. basically he just gets embroiled in all these capers and like has to deal with it um and it's it's awesome it's just the the, the plots get ridiculous in only a short amount of time and it's it's very very good watch so i would recommend it great well, theme song it does have a great theme song. We did recommend that. So I'm sure that was enough to get everyone started. I mean, you'll know by the theme song if you want to do this or not, I think. Yeah, but I think you will. I think once you hear it, and I, I've been singing it in my head all day today. So if that's any, because I, and I only watched the last two episodes today. So if that's any indication. Um, it's also a very repetitive theme song, Dan. There's no way it's not going to be in your head. It is. It <laughs> but is, it is a, it's a good time. I'm not, I'm saying it yes. is. Despite that, despite the designs of the 80s, you know, yes. making you want this. I watch a lot of like MTV classic mm-hmm. and, and when they show 80s videos and it just shocks me how like repetitive the songs are and it's just like literally a chorus over and over again. Gotta get the catch. More part. so than any other era, I think. Yeah. I don't know why. But I'm curious to see uh, what your thoughts are when you watch it because I feel like you'll I feel like you'll have a good time with it. I mean, yeah, like I said last week, I had a great time with that full episode I watched out of, out of nowhere and I mean, I would renew it. I'll put it out. Yeah. I would love it. If it got a nice Blu-ray box set or something like that, I would be, or even just streaming, like a quality stream. Um, L- listen, something. Dan, once you clear those music rights, anything, every, you, you could move that thing, no problem. Exactly. I mean, with the cast alone, when you like put that up there and like just talk about how ridiculous, like like any any type of like, you know, once you hear about it, you're instantly like, what? Like, yeah. you know, like, like it's instantly it's attention grabbing. So, you know, I, I feel like, even if people aren't aware of it, they would probably jump on it, you know, as like a, you know, kind of a curiosity. I see it go in either two ways. I see if you're lucky, like a shout gets this. Yes. You know, at worst, like a Mill Creek gets this. Right. But, it, you know, hopefully they, they, they get the music. I'll, I'll report back as far as like how essential it is. Maybe you can just put in some filler, whatever, and it's not too big a deal, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of interesting. It's cool to hear because because yeah. like it, in certain scenes, it does definitely adds to the vibe. Sure, like no, I mean, it, like at a certain function, and, and you're hearing this music, you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. There's this great show that was recommended to me from the late '80s called Wise Guy. I've um, heard of that. Yeah, yeah, you would like it, and it had some amazing music scenes. Like there's one in particular that was to um, "Nights in White Satin" by the Moody Blues. Ooh, and it was like an amazing scene. It has. Uh, Dan, are you familiar with uh, the movie Cop and a Half? 
Speaking of uh, Burt Reynolds. Yes, I am. What's the bad guy's bad guy in that's name? Oh. He's like a real piece of shit in real life. Like he had AIDS and he like gave it to a bunch of people, even though he and he knew it. Sharky, Ray Sharky, is that right? Something like that. He's in it. He's really good, even though he's yes, in real life. Ray Sharky. You're Ray right. Sharky, yeah. Amazing job, even though he's a real life piece of shit. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how I didn't know Henry Winkler directed that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That, that, is, that is a piece of information I did not remember. It also um, has a cameo from the skateboarder, Andrew Reynolds, who that's how I found out he was the nephew of Burt Reynolds. Oh, wow. But I love I always loved it. Andrew Reynolds, if you like. Did you also know that Macaulay Culkin was originally supposed to play the, the main character in Kurt with Kurt Russell? That would have been good. <laughs> I would have. I, I would. I mean, I'm. That as well. I'm happy for both that that didn't happen. But yes. you know, in a greedy world, I absolutely want that. Yeah. Bob, any any other uh, the other half of the Nelson? Or are we ready to go? I think we're ready to go. I think we've uh, <laughs> made our <laughs> listeners suffer enough. But yeah, I, I I had a good time watching it. It was definitely, if nothing else, it's entertaining. It was. It's just like I said. I can't stress enough how just like over the top it is. It's just. It's amazing. I like I said. I had a really good time with it. Yeah. I would have been happy to say it sucks if it does, but it's not. It's awesome. Everything you want from fun is there. Yes. And I look forward to it. Also, I will say on YouTube, Heartbreak Kid, you can't get it anywhere else, but there's a great copy on YouTube. So Good yeah, know. steal it from that pharmaceutical company that owns it until they're ready to put out a Blu-ray. <laughs> Keeping it blue. Uh, but in the meantime, episode 69. Speaking of blue, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, sure. And Blu-ray. 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 There you go. The thing she does to men can only end in one way, in murder. Welcome to Scarlet Street, everybody. This was released December 28th, 1945 from old Universal Pictures. Their logo, I actually watched like a making of that logo. It's like several layers. It was very fascinating. Hmm. I'll uh, I'll send it to you. Cool. Def- definitely worth checking out. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. So just like had recently watched this, it was very cool to watch it in effect. <laughs> like, the same week. Yeah, 1945 Universal Pictures, directed by our old friend Fritz Lang from The Big Heat, much like we're feeling right now with the changing of the seasons. Screenplay by Dudley Nichols, based on La Chienne, which translates to The Bitch, of course, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a 1929 novel by Georges de la Faux Chardier. Welcome to the show, everybody. Should also mention that it was a film uh, made by by uh, Jean Renoir, uh, who I love, a French yes, director. Absolutely, I got Criterion some of that collection. coming up later in our fun facts. Cool. Uh, Renoir probably not too stoked we're doing this movie. Probably <laughs> we rather did his, but that's all right. It's New York, nineteen thirty four. Dan, we're celebrating. How, how do you not? Old friend Christopher Cross, you know, <laughs> makes you want to jump, jump. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say either that or uh, what's the the uh, the wind song? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Christopher Cross. <laughs> Christopher Cross. I remember Chris Cross had this one song because I remember a friend in the neighborhood had the tape and mm. uh, had this one song that we could relate to. It was about missing the bus. It was called "I Missed the Bus," and it went like, "I missed the bus. Oh, I missed the bus." I don't know. Check it out. <laughs> they wore their clothes backwards. Well, the pants. Did they do everything? Yes. Was it everything? I think it was everything. I think it was everything. Yeah. Definitely the jeans, at least. And I tried yeah. it. Uh, we're jumping for joy because it's been 25 great years of employment, Dan. Good to be behind the cash register. 
And what do you get for your hard work? If you're lucky, this is an old thing. This is something you always used to hear would happen that they don't do anymore. You don't get no watches anymore, Dan. Gold watch. No gold watch anymore. What is our gold watch from the podcasting league, huh? Yeah. We got to get to 25 years. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Comics, fun fact, when uh, all the artists were leaving to form Image Comics in 1992, 30 years ago, they're celebrating. Uh, One of the things Todd McFarlane had said, he was the artist on Spawn, and he was doing Spider-Man at that point. He was like, where's our gold watch? (laughs) (laughs) To Marvel, he's like, we we, we should get a gold watch. And like, for what? I don't know, it cracked me up. But Chris Cross gets his gold watch because he works hard behind the cash register. And old J.J. Hogarth was like, you do good work, buddy. Here's a watch. I'm going to take this blonde. <laughs> See you later. Mm-hmm. And he likes that. He's like, oh, God, I wish that was me. I'm just an old cashier who loves painting in his free time. You know, I'm an artist at heart, Dan. I'm a sensitive man. Yes. Unlike this business tycoon who's able to throw out watches willy-nilly and leave with a good dame. If only we could be so lucky. Yes. We'll be lucky if we get the watch, as we were saying. Yes. <laughs> Time to walk home. It's a little rainy, but you know, you do what you got to do and starts to to stop. Cause there's at one point he like sees that cop and he like, it still has an umbrella. And he's like, Oh, stop raining. Like, yeah, half hour ago. How do you yeah. not notice it's not raining for a full half hour? Well, he was a little tipsy. I guess that's, that's a good tips Dan. I, yeah. That would be nice. But he also in his travels after he leaves that police officer, he sees a young woman. She's getting attacked. By a mysterious man. We don't even get time to see him because Chris Cross knocks him on his ass. Probably knocks his pants backwards too, Dan. <laughs> and he knocks his hat off. That's for damn sure. And uh, like, oh, oh, let me go get the cop first and we'll figure that out. This guy runs off though. We don't even know who this is. And uh, we, But we meet the girl. Her name is Kitty. She goes by Kitty. Catherine March, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seems like a producer of the movie, Dan, for all we can tell. <laughs> can we also talk real brief about how much I love her coat that, that, that clear, she's wearing that clear, like rain jacket, her raincoat. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, all first, her like, outfits, coat. I didn't notice any coat, but then yes, yes. No, there's absolutely that like plastic ass raincoat. Yes. Um, and just, I mean, her dresses as we'll probably get into are like, everything is amazing in this movie. It's amazing. She's amazing. I, I mean, I think yes. she's, I don't know if any of this works without her. Like she just, her performance yeah. is, is a oh. lot of fun and, you know, her facial expressions and just the way uh, that she plays as it, as it unfolds is just is just amazing. It's so good. Favorite part of the movie. Expert work. Yeah, I would agree. She is definitely my favorite part of the movie. But a lot of old friends here that don't do too shabby either. That's true. We'll get into it. But yeah, the cop comes back with Chris. She's like, oh, he went that way. Wink, wink, we'll find out. And so that seems to be that. The cop goes after him and she's like, hey, let me escort you home. I'll walk you home. And they head back to her place. He's like, I'd invite you up. I got a roommate, though. Sorry about that. But she lives above a place called Tiny's, where it was a 60-cent lunch and a dollar dinner, Dan. That's something I noticed. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all, especially because the prices about everything else is going to start going up. You might want to hang on to your pennies. So he's like, yeah, let me get you a drink first. And she's like, cool. Although, they're like, oh, we'll get coffee. And uh, they, they just drink water, I noticed. Like, the coffee never came. Well, don't they go to the bar first? So they go to the bar and she, because they have a scene because he says he wants coffee and she she orders a drink. Well, she's like, let me go stop by the bar first. And that's where she goes to ask about this guy, uh, Johnny. Johnny, yes. Yes. To the bartender who is tiny, who he is. He's pretty tiny, I will say. Mm -hmm. Did a good job on that. So they talk. 
he's like, oh, by the way, uh, I do a little painting, talks himself up a little bit. And she also makes some assumptions, you know, hey, painter, artists, they're always loaded, Dan. I'm here. You look like a cashier to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And he thinks she's an actress. Yes, everybody's playing it up, although her not as much. He's really he's making assumptions left and right. Mm -hmm. And also after that, like they leave. He's super into her. But we find out he's got a wife, Dan. He's married, Adele. This is where I really felt like the heartbreak kid because it's like a guy who's married but is still going off and trying to get something else going. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fast. And like having to be like, oh, by the way, I'm married. Adele, real sweetheart of a woman. Oh. Just, just, just salt of the earth. Can't really see what the issues are here. Can't see why he's looking elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just just a total killer. She's, she's great. She had a, a husband before that. And she's not really there to remind you of that. It's not like there's a photo slash painting of him. <laughs> just Homer. Homer just hanging over with his real life medal that he got. They, they, they incorporated that in there. It's fascinating. But he's there to look very disapprovingly over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he's not going to come to the play at all, though. But yeah, she's there to be like, ah, I had a better husband. He's way cool. He left me with all this money that I refused to touch. So I want a radio. And he's like, no, no, no. We, we don't have money for a radio. Why don't you spend your own money instead of my 25 years as a fucking cashier? And she doesn't like his paintings either. He's forced to paint in the bathroom. Yes. And um, he's painting this flower that he was given by Kitty from their meeting. This, this is the worst painting of the bunch. Like the rest of them were actually really cool. But this one, they're like, I'm like, oh, yeah, he is a shitty painter before. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, they just thought that was good. I mean, it was all right, but. Yeah, I, I, it was fine. It was uh, fine. But I, there's some yeah. stuff afterwards. that's like legit. Like, wow, that's really cool. Like, yeah, it was just weird to open with that one. But that's all right. We're starting small, Dan. Well, th- I think I think it was because they, you know, his friend comes over uh, that he works with and he shows it to him. And he says, you got that from that flower in that cup. Oh, <laughs> watching know? them like try to understand art. Like, what? how did you come up with this? And it's just like, yeah. this is being a little abstract. It's nothing yeah. crazy. Like literally only the flower is different. Like the glass was the same. I don't know. It's very weird that everybody, how they uh, think of art here is fascinating. I guess mm-hmm. you could tell this is a very French plot because over there, they actually appreciate that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, he's feeling pretty fucking low about himself. Things are rough, but he's very enamored with Kitty. So he's like, you know, maybe I can make this work. You know, she seems to like me and this could be my escape. Maybe I'll get away from Adele and it's going to be old cross, Kitty Cross, huh? I can give yep. her my name. Live, live in Greenwich Village, the art life. So she's like, before, she's like, you can write me. This is my address when she's being dropped off. So that's what he does. He writes a letter and he's like, let's see each other again. Now, this is where we see that Kitty actually has a boyfriend. She's involved with someone. And it was that guy from before. And who is it, Mr. Fancy? It's our friend, Dan. (laughs) Glad you got away from the mic a little bit on that. Thank you. I needed to be done. Dan Durier, everybody. Friend of the show. Heavy hitter. Fantastic in this role. Just having a blast. And he he calls her Lazy Legs, which cracks me up to no end. Well, he's got nicknames for everybody, so. It's true, but Lazy Legs is his greatest. Yes. So he's like, oh, uh, you met this guy who was a rich painter, huh? Why don't we scam this guy? This is a great idea. Pretend to be into him. Let's get some money from him. We can get you an apartment, get you out of this place. You know, she has a roommate. Who's a, what's a roommate, Sam Dane? You remember? Uh, it is. I had it on, uh, on top of my... Millie? Head. Millie, yes. Yeah, Millie. Yep. 
who hates fucking Johnny, which is hilarious because she'll be forced yes. to kind of have to deal with them here yes. a little bit. But we kind of get why, though. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I mean, in the beginning, we kind of glossed over this, but he's like beating on Kitty. Yes. And that's why he's like he's stopping this. Gummy dude. Yeah. He's, a, he's a real piece of shit. Does he deserve his fate that's coming? We'll get into that. But don't hit women is still obviously the answer here. Johnny also is a gambler. He's got some business dealings going on and he, he really needs money to pay for this stuff. That's also why he was beating on her in the beginning is because he, had, he needed like 50 bucks or something like that. And she just had 15 and mm-hmm. he's like, ah, I thought you were holding out on me. What's the problem? I'm dead dirty. Yeah. And she's like, okay, that's fine. You know, she's really in love with Johnny. She thinks he's great. The bee's knees. If you're looking to get stung, Dan. Yeah. I don't know why, but she, she loves him. Don't play with bees. We tried to tell you, but she loves them. She's she's going for the stinger. And she's like, okay, fine. Even though this is just a nice old man who I don't really want to deal with. Like he's just whatever. He's friendly, but I'm not interested in him. But we're going to go ahead and, and make a date. So yeah, here's where she really plays up that she's an actress. She's like, it's hard to make ends meet. I, I need a little help. What, what, what can we do? Can I pose for you? Like, let's can we make a little money off the art? And why don't I rent a, an apartment and you can paint there? You can make that your studio. So that way it's not just, you know, for me, like I'll just be living there and, you know, you're rich. You can afford to have a cool studio. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, that sounds great. I am married. And she's just like, oh, okay. Are you now? She's but, like, well, I don't want to get in the middle of that. She's yeah. like, well, it's because you're married that I can't do anything. So it kind of like gives her like that out. But then he's just like, it's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll make, yeah. you know. No, I'm all in on this. I'll go yeah. ahead and do that. So he needs to come up with some serious money to do so. But and he's, he doesn't know what to do. He considers at first taking the money. Mm-hmm. But at first he decides I'll go ahead and ask Hogarth for a loan. Maybe I, I can prevent having to steal such money. Mm-hmm. But he goes back to old Adele, who is just fucking on him. I should say before too, when um, him and his friend were in the bathroom, when he was showing him the flower painting and she comes in and she's like, Oh, you know, like, like, how dare you? And it was like, you came into the bathroom. Like that's quite an assumption. Didn't knock. Didn't knock. Yeah. And you're like, how dare you? She is. She's awesome. Adele is just great. Just love her. Just everything you want from a relationship. So, yeah, he's feeling great about it. And for some reason, he's like, yeah, I guess I'd rather go and uh, do anything <laughs> that it takes to be with Kitty as opposed to Adele, who's just reminding me that she is uh, married. And uh, he's like, you know what's really going to help with that? I'm going to go ahead and take a couple bucks from uh, that bond that your husband had left behind. And with that, they're able to get that studio all is well. And he's like, well, cool. I don't need to spend any more money. But she's like, no, no, no. I'm actually going to need more money. I'm going to need a thousand more dollars. I was Googling a lot of inflation during this movie, Dan, and it was brutal. There was, there's some brutal amounts of money being. Oh, yeah, taken. that's a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. But he's all in. And like we said, we get it. I mean, Kitty rules. <laughs> yeah. well, we would let her sucker us any day. Yeah. We'll come up with the money. We got Blu-rays to sell, Dan. We'll make it yep. happen. <laughs> that's true. If you want to email us, therealoutofthepodcast at gmail.com for all the kitties out there. Meow. Come scam us. <laughs> and so during that, too, Johnny's looking at these paintings. He's a little confused, but he's like, yeah, I don't really get art, so that's fine. Why don't I take a few of these? He's not going to notice. I'll go sell them. He's a uh, famous in France. This will be no problem. He didn't even sign them. Yeah. Like, th- this will be fine. So he goes to a uh, like a gallery, and they're like, this sucks. Like, this, this is the worst art we've ever fucking seen. Like, why don't you go sell that shit on the street with the rest of the, the hacks? Well, it was no, it was the it's like the it was like a jewelry like fence guy that he usually deals with. Right. Yes. So yes. Yes. That's right. What you got? 
The fellow that painted those gets 50 grand for a single picture. Hey, what's the matter with you, Nick? Where'd you pick them up, over in Washington Square? The village longhairs are peddling junk like that for the price of the canvas. These weren't painted by any village longhair. That's my pawn shop, isn't it? And that snake is strictly from the Bronx. This fellow lives in Brooklyn. He's famous. Yeah, what's his name? Well, I... Look, Nick, I brought you stuff before and you never asked for any name on it. That was jewelry. Bring me some more of that and we can do business, Johnny. Take this junk back to Washington Square where you got it. And uh, he goes to this vendor who is more than happy to take it on. You know, that guy really believes in art. You know, you can see his stuff, too, is very of the time. I mean, you still see that stuff on the street, you know? Yeah. But can we talk briefly about the the the, the paint? The one painting he's trying to sell is that it's the it's depicting the scene from earlier in the movie. But Dan Derrier's character is a snake that's wrapped around that's like awesome. one of the one of the um like the pilings of the subway. Like it's just it's amazing. I it's love so it. good. Yeah. That once I saw that, I'm like, okay, this this is actually really cool. Um, yeah. And one the the self portrait was the greatest, I think. Yes. But those get to. those are the big two. Yeah. Because they're worth what like. 25 20, bucks yeah. 25 bucks if you're lucky and but i'll like, sell them yeah. i'll sell them i'll take a little percentage no problem and dan there is it cool i got stuff to do so you know i'll come back i'm not gonna sit around here you do your thing and he comes back and he's like yo i was trying to look for you this art critic came and got him and they think it's great they're looking for you they want to talk to you let's figure it out so the gallery wants to sell it like a big know. gallery so they're like cool let's let's go back to kitty's place and and you know we'll figure this out and kitty who wanted nothing to do with any of that she feels like terrible about it and she she refuses to participate with the whole thing and then so johnny's like <laughs> hey old lazy legs painted these it was her there's no signature so of course it was her and uh, she's just a little shy eventually she you know wears down and is like fine that's cool there's that great balcony scene where uh she just basically has all these sayings that uh, that Chris had said to her earlier about you know him being an artist and and a very like flowery way of of thinking about it about how he paints and she says that and and then the critic just eats it up he's like oh wow you're such a great artist you know yeah which Johnny was like when she's like I don't know what to say he's like just say what he said to you like yeah you bought it he's gonna do the same thing and he does he was like completely in it. And uh, yeah, got this you know gorgeous girls found this off he's gonna be like yeah of course yeah so I mean between the fact that Kitty's a total babe, and these are awesome paintings, except for that flower one. He's like, I'm going to represent you. We're going to do this. So we're putting this into the gallery. Please sign these. This is going to be great. So they're up in the gallery all as well. But who should come a crawling by but Adele? <laughs> she sees these crappy paintings and sees the signature. She goes in, you know, to cause some sort of fuss. Then uh, there's at dinner the next or that night, Chris is there and she comes in and is like, so who's Catherine March? And he's like, oh shit, she knows. Like, How'd she that, find out? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, how on earth did she find out? But then it turns out she thinks that he's been copying her art. And it's like, damn. But he, you think he's going to be bummed about this. Also need to point out, he wears his apron a lot. This yeah. Very, like, like doily apron. It's very funny. At first I'm like, is this his art smock? But no, it's his like washing dishes smock. I think he, it's, it's technically, I think it is Adele's and then he just wears it because she kind of makes him Oh, I mean, she's, she's yeah. the pants in the house. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, no, it definitely, yeah, yeah. It, it serves a purpose to show, you know, how emasculated this poor man is, but mm -hmm. yeah, so you think he'd be bummed that she stole his paintings, but he's actually psyched. It's like, oh my God, my work in the, in the gallery. Like, I can't believe I did it. 
I, I am somebody. I'm not just a cashier. So this is great. You go ahead. You take all the glory. We'll figure it out. So she goes ahead and, and takes on all the success and, and the glory of this paintings. And it, it seems to be doing quite well. But of course, there's going to be a detective who pops up who's going to be looking into stuff because things have been going too well. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, Chris, uh, I'm going to need to talk to you. Who is this guy? He looks kind of familiar, even though he has an eye patch. Dan, it's Adele's husband back from the dead. He finally is not dead. <laughs> I dare someone to tell me they saw that coming. That is out of nowhere. I mean, yes. And it's slightly hyped in retrospect because you're like, okay, yeah, the painting was there and stuff. It's it's awesome. It's a great plot. It's twist. so good. Yeah. No, it, it could be very cheesy, but it, it's at right at the right time. It's the right character. It's fantastic. So yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, uh, I faked my own death. I mean, you've seen Adele, right? This is not good. I need money. And I've also, you know, I'm, I'm f- familiar with what's going on. So you need to pay me. So that'll be that. Also, his story for what happened is amazing. Like the fact that like he, he was basically like a dirty cop and like he was about to get found out. So then, but just at the same time, he sta- he's like saved a woman's life or was about to in, in, in the, the river, which they said that's how he drowned. But he just actually slipped away onto a boat and that boat went to like, <laughs> what was like Panama or something like that? It went somewhere. Yeah, he like uh, he stole money from the woman that he saved. Like, yeah, he, yeah, almost he stole three thousand dollars. Yeah, and yeah. So he got that medal for that. <laughs> yeah, so just, he's like, I'm gonna go ahead and need more money. So well, I'm gonna tell Adele that that you know, you know that I'm back. And he's like, well, he's like, oh no, he's like, well now my marriage is is null because you know it's the best thing that ever could have happened to him. Yeah, but that's not what that's not what Homer wants. Homer thinks, oh, you know. I can extort money at him because of this, but that's not yeah. the case. And so crisscross, you might have a crisscross up his sleeve because he's like, yeah, come by. I'm going to leave everything unlocked. You can steal the money because if it's I'm there and it's me, they're going to know I did it. Mm-hmm. But the, who could you be? You're dead. Yeah. Come on in. It's right through this door. You got this, buddy. And so he's like, great. He takes a look at the painting of himself. He's like, yeah, looking pretty good. Then he goes in. And he closed the door and Adele is still in there because he says she would leave, but she's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she gets a surprise and he's alive, taken care of. So now he's good to go, free to be with Kitty. He's going to swing on by to the place. He has a key there. He stopped by a couple times before. And of course, Johnny is always there. And when Johnny's there, that's when she's like, oh, yeah, this is uh, Millie's boyfriend. (laughs) Millie's like, great. Yeah, Johnny, he's he's something. But yeah, this time he comes back. Yeah, he's got a suitcase. We, we got this great place together. This is going to be awesome. But he sees old Johnny and Kitty. They're together. And he is for sure now knows that they are together and that he does not have a chance. But he's still like, you know what? I got to give it one more shot. So he's like, Kitty, come on. I'm free now. You probably were just doing that because you thought I was married. Like, let's let's go ahead and be together. Marry me. And she's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to marry you. The laugh I just did was her laugh as well. And mm-hmm. she was like, you, you're too old for me. You're not my type. I like Dan Durier. So no thank you. Goodbye. Goes to leave. Also, we, we should have said earlier when Dan Durier, he drives up in his car, which he treats like shit, by the way. He's like crashing into stuff. <laughs> Somehow mm-hmm. the, the car is not getting damaged. And he buys himself some ice because they're celebrating. She's a famous artist. And it's got a nice scene where they put the ice like perfectly in this bucket. I was so surprised by that. And then he's like, oh, can I borrow your ice pick? So that's why this ice pick is there, which now Chris has found. And he decides to go take this ice pick and stab Kitty to death. Oh, my God. It is so brutal. You got to love it. I also, I, I also want to mention uh, a little bit before that, kind of going back a second, when 
uh, I like when they kind of have it out like uh, Kitty and Chris and she kind of like plays this very dramatic thing where she goes into the bedroom and says, just go and paint. And then he kind of has to like try to make good with her. And then she comes out and then there's that great shot where he's like, oh, we got to paint these first and then, and, or something to that effect. And she wants him to paint her, her toenails. Yeah, her, that would be uh, really cool. Which is a great, great scene. There's um, also a scene when they are hanging together at the uh, Tiny's and mm-hmm. she lights her cigarette with the uh, candle at, on the table. Yes. And I, I was just like people lighting things with stuff that aren't lighters. Like that, that's always a nice touch. And speaking of that, did, did you notice, and, and I don't know if this is this a, a thing or not, but, or maybe I'm mistaken, but wasn't in one of those scenes in the, in the bar, there was like a bowl of eggs and like Dan <laughs> eats one. I did not see that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that happens. And I'm, I'm like, I, I'm not a drinker. So I don't know if that's, if that's ever been a thing where I can confirm that. I don't think that's a thing, but I mean, I'm not okay. a hardcore drinker too. I may have missed that, but yeah, when you're doing screenshots, why don't you, you send me I that will. one? And- I will send you that one. Yeah. We need to like, well, cause I, I, I remember seeing, I'm like, I, I've seen this movie a bunch and I just, I, I guess, you know, whenever you see a movie so many times, like you pick up on little things that you obviously didn't, you're up free to look elsewhere yeah. right and and i happen to notice that i'm like did, was that just a bowl of eggs on the on the bar <laughs> it was really weird um or i could have imagined it i don't know but i, I will get to the bottom of i it hope and... we can post a bowl of eggs for the people if we don't it's because it wasn't yes i hope i, I, hope, I want that to be a bowl of eggs dan yes yes bowl of eggs at the bar nothing wrong with that so she's now been stabbed also we She'd been asking him to do a portrait of her. And then he finally does at one point. It's awesome. Like I said earlier, but that had already happened, but she's dead now. And Johnny had came back up to the studio. He ran out real quick. So Chris slips out and is able to leave this grisly scene into his careful hands. He's all hands, Dan, that slapper, Johnny. Yeah. Now we're back at Chris's work and we found that he has indeed taken money. And so the police are there. They call him into Hogarth's office shout out to him he's like this is my friend like i'm not gonna send him to jail that's terrible just letting him go obviously you can't work here anymore but yeah. you know you can even keep the watch dude but this isn't gonna work of course this is over a woman that's how these things go i get it but good luck to you no no longer shall we be friends or employers so he's gone and johnny gets arrested for kitty's murder and his fingerprints uh, were on the on the ice pick he, yep exactly it's it's not looking good for johnny and he's also like a piece of shit and you know they're like crisscross painted these pictures and he's like uh no i copied them like everyone said i mean i was just this cashier i'm not talented like my life speaks for itself doesn't it and uh everyone's like yeah there are plenty of witnesses that say yeah we agree with you and that johnny sucks we saw him beat the shit out of this poor woman like why wouldn't he have murdered her at one point even though I like the were... way that all the characters come in at, at the trial that yeah. we've encountered throughout it and kind of like show you the, the, the sides of the story and, and how it ends up being very plausible that Johnny's the one that does this. Like it, yeah. it, it, it corroborates him and exonerates Edward G. Robinson. Uh, it's just the way that that kind of all comes together at that point is, is great. I think that's a great touch. Yeah, the way everyone's lived their life is indicative to, you know, what what's yeah. happening. So right. the old crisscross, indeed, he's true to yes. his name. Uh, so he gets away with it. And Kitty, she's murdered, but at least she gets to be known as this awesome artist. I'm sure we're still enjoying her works and all mm. the museums we go to. So all is well, it seems, for, for a noir film. But Chris isn't taking it too well. He's really having a hard time coping with this thing. He loved Kitty. 
Now he's completely running out of money. He's got nothing to look forward to. So he decides to hang himself. Yeah. I mean, the guilt too. I mean, the guilt of, of, you know, sending, Mur- you know, an, murdered yeah. Kitty who he loved. Yeah. Would, yeah. Didn't deserve it. Should have murdered Johnny if anyone, but now Johnny's being executed. And like I said, yeah. sure. He's a terrible person, but does he deserve murder? Right. That's questionable. I don't mm-hmm. know. Now, five years pass. Chris is doing really bad. He's on the streets. He's an artist in his own mind. You know, nobody knows any of the great things he did. He's seeing Kitty's work sell for tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And he's being completely consumed by thoughts of a Kitty and John. Her you voice know. is just playing. Now they're just in love together in heaven. And uh, he's just being driven mad by old be lazy legs and jeepers. I love you, John. You're jeepers. I love you, John. Johnny, Johnny, oh Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. It's great at first, but they overdid it, I think, a little bit. But you know, it's they're really, it's, really trying to hit it home. I understand that. I don't know if I needed that last one or the length of the first one, but. 1945 it's cool that they did it uh, i give it a pass so it's fine i take all the jim bennett i can get Deepers, <laughs> i'll give it a pass but yeah that's that's our little scarlet street our trip to the street i have to say um i love this movie this is one of the first film noirs i ever saw and i ever owned um, oh wow like on well. physical media i definitely remember this is the first one one of the first ones i ever bought um, so this one always holds a special place in my heart, but yeah, it's definitely one I, I, I find myself like I could always rewatch and I definitely put it in like high regard as it is and as it should be as just like, you know, this is like, if you're saying like, what's a quintessential solid film noir to start with this, this is definitely like in the top five, top 10 for sure. You have to, like, it's got all the tropes. And- yeah. It's got everything. If you're saying like, if someone's never seen one before, this exactly. is one of the first ones I would be like, like, yeah, check this out. You know, not one of the first, but I would say you're five or 10 deep definitely go for it but definitely it's it's up there there's better but this is a a fine example of the medium there's a reason why you know it's a standard yeah exactly it's a it's a staple it's a standard yeah yeah i give it 9.1 out of 10 paintings with snakes on them yeah and it's a public domain one but i mean the the, yeah the the print that i have the the i guess it's the latest one from kino Mm -hmm. uh library of congress one it looks fantastic it looks great Mm -hmm. um so definitely uh definitely worth worthwhile um and scarlet street was actually based on many sources beginning with the novel of course by mm-hmm. G- georges de la faux chardier in 1929 and it was released in the united states under the title the poor sap in 1931 which mm-hmm. right, a little bit they tried to uh, attempt to adapt this in the 30s ernst lubitsch was the first to purchase the film rights but he couldn't come up with the script that the censors would allow mm-hmm. but in 1931 the movie was made in France, as we alluded to before, mm-hmm. from director Jean Renoir under the novel's title La Chienne. Mm-hmm. Which is a good movie. It's been a long time since I watched it, but it's definitely uh, definitely decent. It's I mean, it's, it's a criterion. It's similar, similar, yeah, it's criterion. It's similarities, but uh, definitely you know, not, not Scarlet Street. <laughs> What's that, Dan? Jean Renoir made a film? Well, then it must be time for the gang from The Woman in the Window from 1944 to reunite and swipe it, which would become a bit of a thing for director Fritz Lang. Uh, he would do mm-hmm. this again in 1954's Human Desire, which, of course, we'll get to at some point. Mm-hmm. Renoir, of course, was not really a fan of any of this nonsense, but hey, imitation is the best form of flattery, right, Dan? Yes. 
Uh, so this had the stars of The Woman in the Window, which was Edward G., Joan Bennett, and Dan Durier. They all returned for this picture, uh, along with the production company of Diana Productions, which was Lang and Joan Bennett, along with their husband, producer Walter uh, Wonger, and writer Dudley Nichols. Fun fact about Nichols, he was the first person to ever decline an Academy Award as part of a boycott for the Screenwriters Guild. Oh, um, wow. It was for John Ford's The Informer, mm-hmm. but he would eventually collect that Oscar years later in 1938. Um, Nichols didn't have the same troubles that Ernst Lubitsch had with his script, and he was able to come up with something that the censors found acceptable. It may have been easy, though, because this film shared a lot of themes and character traits as the woman in the window. They were being full on lazy and cost effective, but it worked somehow, despite the fact that everyone else kind of felt like they were going through the motions, especially Edward G. Robinson. He was a little burnt out at this point, but that really works for the character that he's playing. He's definitely a a burnt out uh, cashier. So that's basically being an actor. But the 12 Mm -hmm. paintings in this film were created by John Decker, who's a hard drinker from Germany. He moved here after being arrested on suspicion of being a spy. And he Mm -hmm. fell into Hollywood's party crowd, which led to him trading his works for food and shelter. And he eventually found his paintings in a lot of productions and was commissioned to paint portraits of a lot of the top stars. A year after Scarlet Street, the paintings used in the film were sent to the Museum of Modern Art in New York City for exhibition in March 1946. And for the noir fans out there, keep an eye out for his paintings in The Two Mrs. Carrolls and Brute Force. Mm. The movie in its finished form, it did have issues with the censors still, though. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. a lot of cuts made in specific markets that had their own issues, specifically with the number of ice pick stabs. And Atlanta and Milwaukee banned the film altogether from being shown. And in New York, too. Yes. But they were able to make necessary cuts to have it shown Mm -hmm. in New York. Mm -hmm. But in the future, I'm going to say go ahead and keep any Langs away from Walter Wagner. Doesn't seem like it was a happy marriage between him and Joan Bennett. He was going a little nuts at the time, and he thought his wife was cheating on him with her longtime agent, Jennings Lang. He saw her car parked outside for a little too long at his office and waited for them to come out, shooting at Lang, hitting him in his thigh and groin. Ouch. Somehow, he only had to do four-month stint in prison, and he had his name still put on films while he was there, ensuring that he had future success. But in turn, this event effectively blacklisted Joan Bennett for many decades. She once said, quote, I might as well pull the trigger myself. And yeah, quote. it's ridiculous that, that that would have affected her career. She really had nothing. To, she didn't, I mean, she, it's not that she didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, she was in, in, involved in it, you know, like, by peripherally, but she didn't do any of that. She was just there, you know, like. Yeah, she was the jo- she was the Johnny Prince in this story. But shout out to her, her final film, Suspiria. We all love that movie, of mm-hmm. course. And she was on Dark Shadows, which is a good time if you've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. It's on TV from time to time. Flip through, look for it. But I'm sure we'll see her again in some other movies. If as not, well. we're not doing our job, Dan. But this That's film, true. it falls into public domain, like we said, like so many of the greats. So go put out your own copy. I mean, that Kino one is great, but I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. you could do better. Why not? 4K, UHD. Exactly. All right, Dan, you got some fun facts about the actors? don't know if I have anything else. I mean, we kind of covered uh, Edward G. Robinson before and then Dan Derrier. So, I mean, I think that the thing that works best about this, even though they say it kind of is a holdover from uh, Woman in the Window, is that, I mean, the three top stars are just awesome. I mean, and, and they are in so many, obviously, so many other films that we've covered or we will cover. So I think that gives it such a strong foundation in this movie. I think that that you have the three main players are great and then all the peripheral characters are great too. I think just everything works so well in this movie and the plot's great. I mean, 
you get, you get a film noir that has it's about art basically <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. i mean there's there's no exception but like that's like the main focus i i think it's great i think it's just really interesting and uh yeah it's just a great movie i'm just a, a big fan as i mentioned so yeah i'm glad we we're finally able to cover it i've been i've been looking forward to this one for a while long time this. coming i would say it's it's been one that's on the list probably since the inception of the show it's just about the right time but we did it and i think it's a nice little end a little breather for our big month coming up ahead dan yeah we're Not finally gonna bring a little uh color to the show for a month of technicolor and we're gonna go ahead and call this our tech noir color may Ooh. been hyping this for a while but we're finally here i'm excited Spring has sprung. We're living it. We're going to have a good day, starting with a bad day at BlackRock. Oof. 1955. Somebody's always looking for something in this part of the West. This place is our West, and I wish they'd leave us alone. Four years ago, something terrible happened here. We did nothing about it. Nothing. Say, who is this guy anyway? Never heard of him, that's what he says. Checkers, no John J. McCready. No listing, no record, no information, nothing. Bad day at Black Rock. Starring Lee Marvin. And Robert Ryan. And Francis. Dean Jacker. Walter Brennan. John Erickson, Ernest Borgnine, Spencer Tracy. That'd be better if you went out there and got done with it. What can he find out? This is liable to be the hardest ten dollars you ever earned in your life. They're gonna kill you with no hard feelings. Now, nobody like McCready can raise a pretty big stink. The point is, who'd miss a nobody like McCready if he just, uh, say, disappeared? Caught on a road with no escape. One man against the whole town. Stops at every turn. Stops from finding out the truth of what happened on that bad day at Black Rock. A day from which there is no escape. One day you will never forget. Bad day at Black Rock. Starting off with a, with a goodie. I'm not going to give my opinion on this film that uh -oh. I love that I love dearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Try to build a little anticipation, but you got something to say this May or even April as we're living it. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Out of the cast on Twitter, out of the podcast on Facebook, Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other ones. I don't message know us on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, if you're following us, why not message sure. us? Hey, live your best life, but come back next week. We're looking forward to it. Full color. I think the, the lads will go black and white. I wonder if that's a, a setting we can do on Zoom. We'll figure <laughs> it know. out. If, if not, we should. they should have that function. Maybe we'll have to message Zoom about it. We're going to look into it. Not that any of this means any anything to you guys, but... You won't be able to see it anyway. I think you'll hear it in our voices, you know? Yeah. Take a little color to talk about color. It's a challenge. That's how we do. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I'm going to lift up my color. Oh, here it is. Mm -hmm. cool, my cool blue. <laughs> yes. And say, hey, here's the crime. Here's the crime. Which it came from Dan Duryea, right? He's the one who says that. Yes. So 
the, the OG. We 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 love this. This one's, not, this one's for you. This one's for you specifically. Dan Darius. See you next week.